Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Amen. And uh, I'm going to continue my, my thought tonight from last week on according to Adam, according to Adam. And would you pray with me, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to feel your presence and to hear your word. I ask you now that you would touch us, that you would grow us, that you would mature us through your word. God, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. And we'll be so careful to give you the praise and glory. And would you lift your voice and would you shout in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Thank you so much for standing with us. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, a very familiar scripture. This is a scripture that we um, refer to a lot about the great deception um, or the great betrayal. Um, th- this is kind of where things got, got, got shaky in the Bible. From this point on, from the, the, this point from Genesis 3, verses 1 through 3, and, and in the chapter of Genesis 3, we really see the Bible take a huge shift and uh, the Bible doesn't go very long in complete harmony just just really two chapters of complete harmony only two chapters in the Bible of complete harmony we have creation and we have uh, God making man and but we, we don't have complete harmony only for two chapters the beginning of the third chapter is where we have the great betrayal the great deception where Eve eats the fruit of the only tree that she was not supposed to eat. You can eat of any tree, all the trees, but you cannot eat of this one tree. She makes a statement here in Genesis chapter uh, 3. She makes a statement here that I pulled out last week just to kind of, I wanted you to to, to hear this statement because in Genesis chapter 2, is where God shows Adam the garden. He tells him to dress it. God, he plants the garden. He puts the man there, tells him to dress it. And the Lord God commanded him in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16. The Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden ye may freely eat. In verse 17 he says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. This is what he says in verse 17. Now, if you go into verse 18, um, you will see that he's alone. No one is there with Adam. He's by himself. The Bible says, and the man was alone, and God wanted to make him a helpmeet. So we know that in verse 17 of Genesis chapter 2, when, when God speaks to Adam face to face and says, you shall, don't eat of this tree, and if you do, you will die. Adam is alone. There's nobody with him. Eve is not there yet. She doesn't come to the end of chapter two. He's by himself. So now when the, when the serpent comes and talks to Eve, he's, you know, his, his, his deception is questions. The first question mark in the Bible is spoken by Satan. The first question mark in the Bible is spoken by Satan. Did God say, Did God say you shall not eat of every tree? Hath God said that? Did God say that ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Did did and he's he he always lays a foundation of questions. It always starts with questions. You know, did is that true? Did did God say that? Is that okay? Where where do we get that from? Who who said this? And is that what that really means? And is that the interpretation of that? And we can go on and on and on. Everybody in this room who's been in church for quite a while, you've had questions. And, and questions are part of 
living for God, you're going to have questions. Absolutely. Where you take those questions to, that's the difference made. If you take those questions to the word of God and you allow the word of God to answer those questions, you're always going to be good. If you bring the, the word of God to establish men and women of God who have wisdom and authority and know the word of God, you're going to be okay. But when you take those questions to your friends who think like you think, and you take those questions to people who don't know nothing, and you take those questions to other books, you say, you know what, the Bible has a question, I have a question about the word of God, and you start looking in other books to get the questions, you're, you're laying a foundation of deception. Do not be deceived. I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Do not be deceived. So this is what the enemy does in Genesis chapter 3. He comes to Eve. He said, Didn't God, did God say that you can't eat of every tree of the garden? And she said, oh, of every tree we can eat. We can eat of every tree except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree we can't. We can't. But the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Now watch it here in verse 3, neither shall ye touch it. Now we know from chapter 2 that God didn't say that. God didn't say anything about touching. There's nothing about touching in chapter 2. There's only eating in chapter 2. And Eve was not there. Eve did not hear God say that. So Eve, Eve does not know that God didn't say, don't touch it. The only way she could have known don't touch it is if Adam would have told her. If Adam said, you know what, God said, let's don't eat it. So Adam says, let's don't touch it either. Probably a good idea. If we can't eat it, probably a good idea we don't touch it. So what some people would say is that Adam has added to the word of God, that Adam is wrong now, and now Eve is living in deception, and, she, and she's living in confusion because Adam has added to the word of God. I don't agree with that. I believe that Adam is doing what? A man of God should do, a priest of a home, a leader of a home, who says, listen, God says this. God says, let's don't do this. So I'm going to say, as leader of my home or leader of my church or whatever, I'm going to say, let's don't do this to make sure that we protect ourselves from this. God says, set no evil thing before your eye. It means don't look at evil stuff. Okay? That's all it said. Now it's up for interpretation for me and you. What's evil? Well, we know what's evil. The Bible is very clear on what's evil. Death, murder, killing, fornication, adultery, all, all in the list of evil things, right? So when we set those things before our eyes, I don't care if you do it in a book or a movie theater or a TV or an iPad or an iPhone or one of them, whatever that's called. I don't care how you do it, if you set it before your eye, it's wrong. Because I grew up in a time when going to the movie theater was a sin. Go through the door, you burn up, poof, you turn into dust. Okay, that was a sin. But all the ladies in the church read romance novels. Right, okay. So you could... You could, you could watch it on a VHS, but you couldn't watch it in the theater, right? So we had a problem because we, we, didn't, we didn't have wisdom to preach content. We preached device. We just said no TV. That's what we said. No TV, no movie theater. So we, had, we preached devices. This, these are the devices. We preached against the device. We didn't preach against the content. And now there ain't a TV on this planet that can get what you can get on your cell phone. But we didn't preach against that piece of device, so we, 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 we caused confusion. That's confusion. What we should have said is, listen, if you, if you can't eat it, just don't touch it. Now, you may say, well, I don't, I don't understand this. Why, why are we adding to? And, and this is my point that I made last week, is that Jesus did the same thing when he came. And I, sh I showed you in the scripture in Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15, 22, and in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that Jesus is the second Adam. That 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Romans 5, 14 tells us that nevertheless death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure 
of him that was to come. Most theologians would tell you that when, you, when people saw Jesus, he was literally Adam's twin. That they were the same person. That when Jesus came, him and Adam, they were the same person. That the second Adam is Jesus Christ. And I, there's a lot more scriptures in the New Testament that proves that point throughout. So when, when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes, he, he begins to talk about the, the laws. And, and if you read Matthew chapter 5, then you know that, that Matthew chapter 5 is the blessed chapter where blessed are the poor and blessed are the, they that mourn and blessed are the meek and, and blessed are they which do hunger and blessed are the peacemakers, the pure in heart, the merciful. We know all that's through Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are they. But then Jesus begins to do what Adam did and he begins to add to the law. He said, do not be uh, confused. Don't, don't be confused. Um, the word is, is right and the word will never pass away. We see this in verse 18. He said, I, until heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall, shall, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be Fulfilled. That's Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. He said, and whosoever shall break one of these commandments shall teach men so, or even teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of God. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of God. He's, he switches from blessed are they to the law. He starts talking about the law. And he says, listen, do not be confused. I am not here to destroy the law, but I am here to Fulfill the law, meaning I'm, I'm taking the law and I'm going to feel the law. I'm going to fill it up. I'm going to give the law meaning. And so he, he begins to, to do this. He begins to break it down. He said, you heard, this is what you heard. You heard, don't commit adultery. That's do not sleep with another man's wife. That's what adultery is. Or do not sleep with another man's husband. Okay, if you're not married to the person and, and you have relations with them, you are committing adultery. There's no way to turn that. There's no twist to that. There's no uh, cultural norm. That, that is wrong. It's wrong. In our society, we feel like that's wrong. That's wrong. But it's also wrong by the Bible. The law, and, and he says, listen, you heard it said on those tablets, do not commit adultery. He said, but I say, if you even think about it and you ponder it in your heart, then you've already done it. You see what he did there? He took the law, thou shalt not eat it, and he said, don't even touch it. So he's the second Adam. He's doing what Adam did in the garden. He's, he's putting fences in place for us. He's, he's putting boundaries in place for us. He's saying, listen, guard your eyes and guard your heart and guard your thoughts because if you're out here just trying to do the letter of the law, you're not even doing enough. Yeah. He said, if I, he said, if you even look on a woman and you lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. And then, he, and then he begins to talk about plucking out your eye and cutting off your hand. If they offend you, cut it off. Better to go to heaven with one eye than, than go to hell with 20-20 vision. He said, you, you heard it said, don't swear. He said, but I'm telling you, uh, don't, don't swear by yourself. Don't swear by, by your your." Heaven, don't swear by earth, don't swear by God's stone, don't swear by Jerusalem. He said, I'm telling you, don't swear at all. You heard, don't swear by God. I'm telling you, don't swear at all. Don't swear by nothing. You can, if you can't eat it, don't touch it. He said, you heard, don't commit murder. Like, don't kill your neighbor. And, and, and when he means murder, he's talking about an intentional desire and act to kill someone. Thou shalt not kill, that word there is murder, meaning you decided this person right here did me wrong, I'm angry with them, and you intentionally killed them. That is what he's talking about. He said, you heard it said, don't commit murder. He said, but I'm telling you, do not even be angry with your brother without cause. If you can't eat it, don't touch it. Don't even be angry with your brother without cause because if you're not understanding this, 
Jesus is the second Adam, and just like Adam put this extra thing in there for Eve. Look, Eve, you're under my care. I'm, I've been given the responsibility to take care of you. So I'm asking you, God said don't eat it, but I'm saying let's don't even touch it. it. Looking back, Adam should have said, listen, let's just block off this part of the garden and let's don't even go over here. Let's just stay away from it. You see, I was raised in that kind of environment. I was raised in the let's just block it off and let's don't even go here type environment. That, 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 that's what I was, I was raised in that environment where there were people in my life, my mother, my father, my, my leadership, my grandmother, my grandfather, who were over me in the gospel. They had a system of let's just don't even go anywhere near it. And some of that was right. Some of that was wrong. When you become an adult, you have to make up your own mind what you're going to allow in your life and what you're not going to allow in your life. But I'm telling the church tonight, I'm telling the church of the living God, the saints of God that are here on a Wednesday night saying, teach to me, pastor, preach to me, pastor. I'm telling you that if you are following the letter of the law, you're not doing enough. If you're making sure that you're just in the cut, then you're not doing enough. If you're making sure that you're on the line, then you're not doing enough. You cannot live a life that stays on the line. If you're on the line, I will tell you that it's already in your heart and you're already sinning vicariously through your mind and not even maybe even physically. And we know all about this because we live in a society where people have now decided that, you know what, me and this, this other person, this woman or this man, we never touched, we never had an affair, we never physically touched, but we text and we had Facebook comments and, and we never committed adultery because we never actually were in the same room together. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. In your heart. Pastor, but we never fornicated because we never saw each other. Yes, you did. In your heart, you did. And, and that's not me. That's not me being a hard pastor. That is the word of God. That's not me being a tough teacher, man. Pastor really taught it tough today. I just taught you the Bible, the scripture. And people want to believe that Jesus never did any hard preaching. This is hard. This is hard preaching. When people talk about what Jesus did, they want to talk about how Jesus came and how he loved everybody and how he shared and he was just a kind guy. He was petting puppies and catching butterflies and but they don't want to read these kind of scriptures where Jesus says, listen, you heard it said here, but I'm telling you, it's here. You, you heard it preached that the line is here, and I'm telling you the line is here. And it has more to do with your heart than it does your hands. Because you can fool everybody if your hands never touch it. But you'll never fool me because I see it in your heart. And he's trying to get people to see that, listen, you need to understand that your God in heaven, your father in heaven, he sees the intent of the heart. He knows the inner man. And you're over here living by the letter of the law, making sure you're checking off all your boxes when deep down inside in your heart, you still have an anger issue. You still have a lust issue. You still have, you're holding grudges. You still have unforgiveness. You got your suit and your tie and you look good because you know the rules. You got your skirt and your long hair and you think you look good and you think you're doing good because you're following the rules. But deep in your heart, you still have unforgiveness, envy, hatred, lust. And I believe in all of those things. And I would love for all of you to believe in all of those things. But at the same time, I, I, I know because I was raised in a community of people and still am a part of that lovely, great community of people, that I, but I have lost friends from that great community of people because they were raised confused. Because the only line and the only border they had was don't touch it or don't eat it. And so they, I don't, I, I never ate it, Pastor. Man, I... I juggled with it. We played baseball with it, and we rolled it around in the house, and, but I never ate it. But listen, if you touch it, you will eat it. Right. We, as saints of God, we have to 
look into our own lives and say, you know, I know that this is wrong. This, I know that this is a sin. And, and I don't, if you come to church here at Truth Chapel, you've been here for a long time, you know the pastor ain't always up here preaching about sin. That's not, that's not my modus operandi. I'm not always up here talking about hell and sin. Uh, but I'm going to preach about some sin if, if that's okay. Because you need to know that sin still exists. You need to know that Romans chapter 1, when it's going down a list of sins, those sins are still so prevalent in this world today. You need to know that Galatians 5, in Galatians 5, when he starts talking about the works of the flesh, we want to read Galatians 5 for the fruits of the spirit. But before the fruits ever get here, he tells us about the works of the flesh. And he's, he's telling us, don't do these things. These things will send you to hell. And, and, and Romans 1, he tells us, listen, those that do these things, they, they are bound for a devil's hell. And then, he, and then he shuts the door on a lot of us and he says, not only those that do them, but them that have pleasure in them that do them. You're like, I'm not doing it, but I love watching it. You too. I don't do it, but I love reading about it. You too. Sin is all around. Our, our society is geared for sin. Sin is on the forefront. Sin's the front page of the paper. Sin's on billboards. Sin's everywhere. You, you have to guard your eyes. David accidentally was at home at the wrong time on the wrong day and saw a woman taking a shower. Right? That was David. And, and it messed him up and ruined his whole life. But David, I'm sorry to tell you that, but in, t- in 2021, just go to Walmart. It ain't got to be the wrong day at the wrong time and I should have been out in the battlefield. Just go down the street. Just go, just go get gas. And flesh is everywhere. And we know that flesh is directly connected to sin. In, in, in Galatians 5, when we start dealing with the works of the flesh, one of those things is shamelessness. A world that has no shame. They just let it all hang out. They want, they want you to see it. They, 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 they put it on so that you could see what they're exposing, male and female. They, they want to be noticed. They, they want the attention. If you were to open your mouth and say anything about it, you'd be in trouble. You'd be harassing. But you put that on, not me. You, oh, you, stop looking at me. You undressing me with your eyes. I didn't have to. You did it yourself when you left that. You... No one has to undress. Victoria has no secrets left. And it's funny, but it's the world that we're living in right now. We're we're, we're living in that world. It's it's not a book. We're we're not watching a movie here. This is real life. And you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your heart. You got to be able to say, look, I, I, I make covenant with my eyes. And, and, and I'm, the covenant that I make is, listen, my eyes may see it, but I make covenant with my eyes. I will not dwell upon it. I make covenant with my hands. I will not touch. I make covenant with my feet. I will not go. I make covenant with my heart and my brain. I will not ponder upon it. I will not, I, I, I will not do what David did and say, you know, hey, 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 what's her name? And, and where's she from? Girl, what's your sign? You don't need to know all that information. You don't need to know that. We, we, we have a world where sin is at our fingertips. It's so easy. You don't even have to be looking for it. It'll come to you. And you got to know that if God said don't eat it, he also meant don't touch it. Don't smell it. Don't be near it. You say, well, Pastor Chavis, it's hard. You, I, I mean, am I going to go out in the world and just not, not, not be alive? Just not, am I, am I going to pluck my eyes out of my head? That's what he said in Matthew chapter 5. He said, if the eye offends you, pluck it out. Now, please, no one go home and actually pluck out your eyes, okay? Please, listen to the man of God. What he's trying to do, he's trying to get you to understand how serious he is about this, that this is a serious matter. He's, he's trying to get you to understand that this is a heaven or hell issue. That's what he wants you to see. He wants you to see that th- this is not about just matters of the heart, and I need to get this right. No, God's saying this is a heaven or hell issue. You, it, this will send you to hell. Lust 
will send you to hell. Anger will send you to hell. He's wanting you to understand that, that, that there's a balance here. And there's no middle area. There's no gray area. That, that we, we live in a society today that continually promotes the gray area. And, and most, most, of the, most of our society today lives in the gray area. Most people that I know and most people that you know outside of these four walls and a lot of them inside these four walls live in the gray area where they don't really make a stand. There's, there's really nothing that they truly, really fully believe in, nothing they fully disagree with. If, if I can just kind of see it your way and I don't want to hurt your feelings, I don't want to make you feel bad, I don't, wanna, I don't want to, you know, be mean. But listen, there is a way to be right and not be mean at the same time. There, there is a way. You see, as a pastor, I've had to learn how to tell people that they are literally on their way in the fast lane with the pedal to the metal on their way to hell and be kind about it. And you know how you do that is you do that with the word. Your opinion doesn't matter. And neither does mine. I'm the man of God, but my opinion still holds no weight with this word. And I say, well, in my opinion, no, it's not my opinion. I got to show people, hey, listen, I, I hear what you're saying to me. I, I get where you're coming from, but can I show you what the scripture says? Because you can sit here and argue with me all day long, but you ain't not going to argue with that scripture. It is settled in heaven forever. It's not changing. It's, it, there is no new addition. This is not Windows. Not a Windows 95, Windows 96, 97, 98, not Windows 2.0, Windows 2.5, Windows, what is it now? Windows a million and 17. I don't know, but it keeps changing. The, the word of God is not, there's no update coming. I didn't, turn, I didn't turn my Bible off tonight, and then when I woke up in the morning, it said, new update. And I hit, I hit uh, receive update, and the Lord updated the Bible to fit me. And I said, oh, no, look, oh, hey, guys, yesterday we couldn't do this, but today we can God doesn't update like our iPhones where, you know, uh, you know I used to not be able to, to FaceTime people with a droid. But you know with the new iPhone update, you can FaceTime people that have droids. Welcome to the land of the living, droid people. We're so glad you, t- you sh- decided to finally show up. No, I'm playing. But like a week ago, you couldn't do that. But if you get the new update, you can now. And a lot of people think the Bible's like that. And that God's like that. We couldn't do that last week, but you know, now that we have, you know, a new president, new politics, new positions, now that I got money and, and you know, now that I have success and, and now that I'm married and, and you know, now that I'm not living in my parents' home and, and now that whatever it is you're thinking you can do, because now that, and now we, we I, you know, God up, updated my religion and I, 20 years ago, I couldn't do this, but now I can. That scripture ain't going to change. Methods change, absolutely. Systems change. But the word don't change. You say, well, Pastor Chavis, you know, back in the day, we, you know, like you said before, like we couldn't go to the movie theaters, but, but, but now sometimes I, you know, I hear that you win, I hear that they win. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the bottom line of set no evil thing before thine eye, that didn't change. I don't care what happened. I don't care if it's an iPhone, iPad, movie theater, IMAX, projector. It, it doesn't matter. That, that truth doesn't change. They say, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't go there. I mean, I did that, but I didn't go there. It doesn't matter. That was the problem, not there. This was the issue, not them. But, but I was with them. It doesn't matter. I was with her, doesn't matter. I was with him, doesn't matter. Well, we were engaged, don't matter. (laughs) But I love her, don't matter. But I love him, don't matter. Pastor Chavis, I know that this is wrong, but it feels right, don't matter. 
So this is why we have the word, because the word does not connect to our feelings. It doesn't change with how I feel. It doesn't change with what makes me happy. It doesn't change with what makes me sad. It doesn't change with my influences of friends. It doesn't change when I go to college. It doesn't change when I have a new professor. It doesn't change when people get around me who believe a different way. It doesn't change when I'm in a different kind of conference and there's other people around. It doesn't change when I get that upgrade. Now I'm around other people and I get that, I get that promotion on my job and now I'm around people that want to tell jokes that are off color. The, the word of God don't change. The word of God is, is stable. And so what, what, what Adam does in Genesis when he says, listen, I know that we can't eat it, but I'm telling you don't even touch it. As he's, as he's giving that information to Eve, I want you to understand that Eve thinks that God said this. She said, God said. God said, don't eat it, don't touch it. But Eve never heard God say anything. It came out of her man of God. For all intents and purposes, Adam was her pastor. Adam was her leader. Adam was the only person. Adam was the only person that she answered to. And when Adam gave her that word, she equated it as God said. You see, like Adam, like the second Adam, when, when the world tried to pull Jesus in, Jesus moved away from that system. Here's what the, the second Adam did. The second Adam, the Bible says when he realized that they would have made him a king, he left because he saw what the, what the first Adam dealt with when Eve pulled him in to her deception and he ate the fruit with her. Jesus, the second Adam, stepped away from the system of the world and said, I won't get involved in that. I won't be, I won't get connected to that. And by me not getting connected to that, in turn, I'll save you. I believe that Adam could have saved Eve if he would have never eaten the fruit. I believe that Adam could have said, listen, she ate it, Lord, and I apologize for her. I pray for her. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll build an altar to save her. I believe God would have allowed him to do it, but he didn't step into it. That's why the man of God should have a different set of rules that he lives by. The things that other people do, you may not see your man of God do. And you may see, well, I don't see the man of God doing this, but I see other people doing this, and he must be okay with it. No, not for myself, I'm not okay with it. But I'm not your daddy either. I'm your pastor. I'm your man of God. My job is to bring you the word. My job is not to rein you in. My job is not to put a bridle on you. My, my job is not to come to your home and make you a big list of rules. My job is to share the word of God with you. Your job is to apply that word. Each man must work out his own salvation. My job is to preach the word. My, my job is to say, hey, look, God said, let's don't uh, eat this. So it's probably a good idea for us not to touch this. Yeah. And, you know, you got young people coming and say, hey, you know, hey, pastor, is it okay if we hold hands? It's not good for a man to touch a woman. Can we hug? It's not good for a man to touch a woman. But, but, we, but, we, but we're dating. Can we, can we at least, you know, sit together and, you know, and, 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 you know, can we kiss? It's not good for a man to touch a woman. I can't go against that word. It's, it's not good for a man to touch a woman. But, but, you know, we're dating. It's not good for a man to touch a woman. That's Bible. That's the word of God. Well, I mean, I mean that's a little harsh, Pastor. It's not good for a man to touch a woman. So if it's not good for a man to touch a woman, you shouldn't be alone with her somewhere. Mm. What business do you have? Why y'all alone? Well, pastor, you know, my mom and dad are okay with me doing this. But the word ain't. Your mom and dad can't get you in and they can't get you out. The word ain't. The word ain't okay with you doing that. But I have permission from whom? 
Did God come down to, for you today, eat Cheerios with you this morning and tell you exactly what you could and couldn't do? I don't think so. You may have permission from them, but you don't have permission from God. God said, no. God said, we don't do these things. God said, here is, here is a line that we draw. We, we do not walk in this. We, we do not live in this. And as, and as much as I can preach about the hard things and the more, the more noticeable things like murder and fornication and adultery and I could talk about homosexuality and I could talk about drug use and I could talk, I, I could talk about all those hard things. I could also talk about envy and unforgiveness and strife and malice and promiscuity and a seductive spirit. All those things in the same chapter. We have our candy sticks that we like to preach about. But there's other stuff in that book too that we don't like to talk about because we live there. And you say, well, Pastor Chavis, I don't, I don't envy. Well, you say that, but you do. And here's why he said, don't compare yourselves among yourselves. To compare yourselves among yourselves is not wise. There's no wisdom in that. There's no wisdom in comparing yourself among yourself and our social media overindulgence has caused us to envy and to be jealous and to compare. And it's against God's word, not against me, not against 2021, not against the UPCI, not against apostolics, not against Pentecostals. It's against God's word. Not against my denomination, not against this church and this church alone. It's against God's word. It's not against your pastor, not against your elder, not against your teacher or your preacher. It's against God's word. Don't leave here and say, well, that's what my pastor said. No, it's what God's word said. We don't do these things. We don't walk in this way. Do not be deceived. I'm almost finished. Amen. It's good to have an amen corner sometimes. He said in Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. He said, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Listen, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So you have the rudiments of the world and traditions of men. This is culture. This is flesh. This is religion. Many of us have been spoiled through philosophy and vain deceit. Because sometimes if it comes to us in a philosophical way, we believe it. And then sometimes we are just vainly, we're just betrayed. We're just totally lied to. If you ever get a chance, if you ever get a chance, it's, it's an easy read, it's a short read. The author is Andy Andrews. Andy Andrews, very, very easy to remember that. Andy Andrews, the book is called How to Kill 11 Million People. Fun read. Not really, it's horrible. But Andy Andrews breaks down how Hitler killed 11 million people. Because y'all heard 6 million Jews, but you forgot about the Italians and the artists and the, and the homosexuals. And you forgot about uh, the teachers and the, the, all the, all, everybody else. He killed 11 million people. And Andy Andrews writes a book on how to kill 11 million people. If you want to know how to do it, here's how you do it. And you know how you do it? It all breaks down to this. You just lie to them. That's it. He just lied. He lied and said, hey, you know, we're better than everybody else. He just lied. He lied and said, hey, listen, everybody get on these. On these. We're, we're, we're sending you. We got jobs for you. We got, we got new clothing. We, we, we've built you houses. And he just lied. They just literally lied. People got, on the, people got on the trains. Oh, for real? Okay. Got on the trains. True story. He just lied. He just looked, looked smart, looked intelligent, and, and just lied. And people just believed the lies. And by the time the world kind of woke up to like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. But by, by the time the whole world kind of woke up to like what was really happening, it was too late. 
The system was already in motion. Many people were already dead and gone. And many people were already slotted for a fate that they would never be able to recover from. It was just a lie. It was just a lie. That's all I did was a lie. Do you understand that this, this culture, this world, the philosophies of this world, the traditions of men, do, do you understand that it's lies? Who do you know? Who do you know that's living just doing whatever they want to do, living out there in the world, just being as crazy as they want to be, touching anything they want to touch, eating anything they want to eat, just having, who do you know that's really having a great time? And I'm not talking about people you follow on social media because that's a lie. The better it is, I promise you, the worse it is behind the scenes. Oh, we here, we here, we doing this, we doing that. <laughs> I promise you, 100%, it ain't. It ain't that way. They got problems just like everybody else. And most of them, the more glamorous that it seems, the more problems behind the scenes. It's just lies. It's just lies. It, it will lead you nowhere but destruction. Nowhere but destruction. He said, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. If you want to follow somebody, follow Christ. And I will try to put myself in the place of Paul tonight and tell you like this, follow me as I follow Christ. Because I promise you that I won't sugarcoat, I won't let down, I won't try to fit it into our culture I will call sin, sin. I will do it with the most loving voice that I could possibly muster up. I will say this is right and this is wrong. I will say, listen, the Bible said, bless, don't eat it. But, but will you let me be pastor for just a moment and say, let's don't touch it either. Let's just stay away from it. Let, let's just stay away from it. The, the, the Bible doesn't say that it's necessarily a sin, but it does say it's not good. So, so, so let's just don't do something that the Bible would call not good. Paul said it best when he said, for me, everything is lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are not a good idea. I, I can do it because I'm grown, but it's probably not a good idea. You, I, I might could handle it, but you might not could handle it. And you might could handle it, but I might, you don't know what I'm struggling with. I don't know what you're struggling with. So how about let's just don't even go into that part of the garden. Let's just stay out of that part of the garden. And, 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 and I know there's maybe some stuff surrounding that tree that we might enjoy, but it's just too close to that tree. And, and it's not, that's not a sin. But man, it's so close to this thing, which is a sin, and the serpent never met him at any other tree except the tree they couldn't have. Their focus was on what they couldn't do. And I don't want to be the kind of church, and I don't want to be the kind of pastor who puts all of our focus on what we can't do because that's where the enemy shows up. And he starts asking questions, and he starts putting deceit in your mind. But I want to be the kind of pastor that says, hey, guys, let's, let's don't even go there. Let's look at all this stuff that we can do. Let's look at all the trees we can eat. Let's look at all the benefits of living for God. Why do we stay out of there? We stay out of there because the devil's in there. We, we stay out of there be, be, because the enemy is waiting to trip us up in there. We, we stay out. Well, my friends get to go in there, but God bless them. Let them go, but we don't go, baby. And, 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 and my, my peers and my coworkers, they get to go in there, and, and, and God bless them, but, but we're not going in there. And Hey, there's stuff in there that we can do. It ain't all bad, but it's close to stuff that is bad. The internet ain't all bad, but you better be careful on it. God has given it to me to dress it and to keep it. And I say, 
let's don't eat it and let's don't touch it. You've heard it said, you've heard it said that we shouldn't do this. But, but I say, let, let's don't even do this. Because really, really, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. I've been in it long enough to see how the confusion grows. I've been in it long enough to understand that even for myself sometimes, I look around and I say, if that's okay, how is that okay? And if that's okay, what about this? And even now, as a seasoned saint of God, and the pastor of a great church, there's moments when I say, man, we need understanding. We need wisdom. I believe we got it right. But I believe we could also be better. I, I believe we're on the right track, but I refuse to be one of these guys that stands up and pumps my, pumps my fist and says, we're there. Because, <laughs> baby, we ain't there. But I believe the track we're on, it's a good track. And I, I'm, I'm preaching, let's be patient and let's go down this road. But I refuse to say, hey, guys, we're here. Everybody unpack, set up shop. We're here. We're not here. I'm growing. You're growing. We're growing. And we would be fools to say this is it. But there's thousands more people coming, Truth Chapel. You hear me? There's thousands more coming. This is just a drop in the bucket. <laughs> this, this is just the beginning. We, we, we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. And what God has planned for us, we have to be able to say when people come into this house, that they come into a place that, has, that we make a stand for something, that we actually believe something. That we, that we believe it because this world is tired of churches that you don't know where they stand. You don't know what they believe. They ain't preaching nothing. They ain't saying nothing. Those people are coming out of that confusion and they're looking for somebody that knows the word, that'll preach the word, that'll stand on the word. And even when it hurts, say, hey, thus saith the word of God. I know you don't like it, but thus saith the word of God. And listen, I'm the pastor, and I'm, 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 I'm telling you that we're going down this road, but I'm, I'm talking to mamas and daddies that need to stand up in your house and say, hey, kids, listen, the Bible said let's don't eat it, but I'm telling you as your dad, and I'm telling you as your mom, baby, we're not even going to touch it. We're going to put up a fence around here, and we're not even going in there. Don't even ask me. Don't come by. When you start paying your own bills, you can make sure that your fence is where it needs to be. But until then, this is my, until you breathe in my air, living under my roof, eating my Cheerios, you're going to do what I say. Ain't nobody clapping. I'm getting some of y'all in trouble because you don't want to be that kind of parent. But if you want your kids to be living for God in 10 years from now, you better get your mind right. Because you say, well, I don't want to preach to them. I don't want to tell them what they ought to do. Well, the world's already preaching to them and the world's already telling them what to do. Every day, every day they open up that TikTok mess and that Snapchat mess and that Instagram. It's teaching them. It's preaching to them every day. So you better get a bullhorn and be the loudest voice in your house and say, I know I know that we don't eat it, but baby, around here, we don't even touch it. Over there, they preach don't eat it, but over here, we preach don't even touch it. They, they, they preach don't touch it, but over here, we preach we don't even go that side of the field. We don't even go over there. Because I want to be right. Stand with me. Mm. Would you lift your voice to me right now? God, I, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I feel boldness in the spirit. I feel my help coming on as pastor, as man of God. I feel, the, I feel that connection in the Holy Ghost. I, I just felt it. I ain't felt it the whole service. Y'all been staring at me, looking at me like I'm crazy, but I just felt it. I just felt that, that, that touch of the spirit that said, hey, pastor, you're on the right track. You need to encourage people to be bold in their home and say, hey, we're not doing this and we're not doing that. I know that we did it before. I know that I let it go, but I'm, today's the day. I'm dropping the hammer. I'm making a line here and we're just not going to do that. 
We're not going to do that because I want to be right and I want you to be right. And I don't want us to be deceived. And as the priest of my home, here's the line. As the priest of my house, here's the line. And this is how we live. Mm. Man, it feels good in the house. It feels good in the house. Amen. I'm finished with this. With this, it's a two little two part. I, I couldn't finish it all last week, and I wanted to make sure I got to this point. I wasn't able to last week, so I want you to pray about this. Here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray, Lord. If it's in the Word, I want you to help me put it in my heart. And God. I open myself up for conviction. We always know that God is a gentleman. He's always who will let me in. He's a gentleman. He knocks. He doesn't kick down doors. There, there is no door jammer in his arsenal. He, he is a gentleman. But if you'll say, Lord, I open my heart up for conviction. If this is right, show me. If this is right, let me feel it. If you do that and you're honest with God, I promise you there's some things in your life that God will say, hey, I want you to stop doing that. Hey, you see that in the word? That's that. And, and I don't want you to stop that. I want you to turn that off. Delete that app. Don't even put it back on your phone no more. See, some of y'all know some of this stuff without me saying a word about it. You already know it. But, but, but the word gives you the boldness to follow through. And say, you know what? This is the Bible. I'm, I'm, this is not just my pastor trying to control my life. I don't want a pastor that way. I, I, I love sleeping that night. But I also want to show you the word of God and put you in a place where your mind and your heart says, Lord, I want to live right. And, and I open myself up for conviction. Would you lift your voice one time? God, I thank you for your word tonight. God, I open myself up for conviction. I open myself up to the word. I say, Lord, if it's in the word, I want it. If it's for me, then I want it. God, if it's, if, if it's for me, if it's for my family, I want it. God, help me. Give me boldness. Give me boldness to stand in this evil day, in this evil hour, when around us on every corner there's nothing but evil. God, give us that boldness to stand. And say, hey, we, we, we don't even touch it around here. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you lift your voice in praise now? God, I thank you for your word. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.